Welcome to the Money and Motivation Podcast. You're joined by your host, Olivia. I'm passionate about all things finance and I'm here to help you sort your money out, navigate the world of investing and build long-term wealth. Join me here each week as we deepen our knowledge about all things money and stay motivated to ensure we live our very best lives. Let's get started. This week, I'm so excited to be talking to you about some of the things that everybody can do to save money. So I'm not going to be talking about tips and tricks or side hustles or, you know, wild and wacky things that you can do to save money that are sort of out of the box. I'm going to be talking today about things that everyone can do to apply to their continual spending and budgeting um, each month. So hopefully there'll be something in this episode that you can apply to your own budgeting or that you can try out to try and save on those things that you're continually spending on. So the five things that we're going to be talking about today are firstly, housing and how you can cut back costs on that. Secondly, your insurance and bills. Thirdly, your mobile phone. Fourth, your groceries. And then the last thing we're going to touch upon is transport. So I'm hoping that within one of these sections, you'll have something that you can apply to save yourself some money each month when you're spending. So let's get started. Okay, so first up today, we are going to be talking about housing. Now, I'm going to assume that everyone listening to this podcast is living in some kind of housing, and I'm going to break it down into sort of three sections and talk a little bit about how you can save money and things you can do to decrease your payments in this area, regardless of which category you are in. So the first category I want to talk about is if you own your own property. So if you own a house, an apartment, whatever it might be, how can you save on those ongoing weekly, fortnightly, monthly payments and what can you do to alter this? So the biggest thing you can do in this section is actually to crack down on your interest rate for your mortgage repayments. So this is the biggest thing that's going to save you money when you're paying for your house and those fortnightly, monthly repayments. So the best thing that you can do for this is to go to your bank or your lender and discuss with them your interest rate. So for example, if you're on a variable interest rate, you can just go direct to your bank or your lender and ask them if your mortgage interest rate uh, can be decreased um, and then you can begin the process with them from there. Sometimes they're really willing and on board to drop your interest rate for you. Sometimes it takes a little bit more work, but if you call up, uh, let them know your interest in getting a rate review and see what they say. More often than not, they'll definitely have a look for you. Um, this can be obviously negotiated a little bit further if you put a bit of pressure on them and say you're having a look around or you approach them with interest rates that are comparable from other banks, other lenders, um, and then they're more often to have a look at your interest rate. And more often than not, they will drop it for you. So I had my interest rate dropped twice just from making a call and saying um, the interest rate I think is a little high. I had some comparable um, interest rates from other banks and lenders, and they reviewed that really easily. So Uh, I've actually stopped doing that now because interest rates are so low and I ended up fixing on a really low rate. But definitely when my 
interest rate is up for review again after my fixed interest period. I'll be having a look at the rates, comparing them and going back to my bank or lender to see if they can review and I can save a bit of money from this. The second category people mostly live in is that they would be renting their house and everyone's situation would be different with this. So you could be renting on your own, you could be living in a share house, you could be living with a partner. Um, there's definitely ways to have a look at how you can alter your rent. So at the current market, especially in um, Melbourne where I am, rent is quite cheap. So you can definitely get a good deal. So if you are looking to start renting, you could definitely have a look around. Um, you'll definitely be able to negotiate with um, leasing agents and landlords to get a really good deal at the moment. Um, potentially if you can offer a few months upfront of payment as well, they'd definitely be more likely to have a look at you. That's obviously if you are not in a current rental agreement and you're looking at the moment. So I definitely consider looking around, seeing what you can negotiate and not just going with the initial price that they've got it up for. If you're someone that's already in a lease, um, I guess it's a little bit more difficult. There is the option to see if your landlord or your rental agency will reduce your rent, especially if you, again, have a look around at some comparable prices in the area go on to rental um, websites and have a look and see what people are offering for. And if you're paying substantially over, you could definitely take it to them and see what they could do, especially if you are a good tenant, you're reliable, you pay on time and you want to be ongoing for a little longer. You could have a look at that option and explore that. If you're in a position where your rental lease will be up soon, you could definitely consider whether you are living in a property that is appropriate to you living below your means. So are you a couple living in a three-bedroom house with no kids? Then maybe it is a little bit big for you and perhaps you could consider downsizing or um, could you consider getting a housemate to join you to lessen the cost on your rent? Again, like if you review your mortgage repayments, if you review your rent, this can be a huge saving and have a massive impact on those weekly, fortnightly, monthly repayments to your rental agency. So it's well worth considering whether you need the space that you're in, if you could perhaps move when your lease is up, or if not, can you go to your rental agency and consider dropping the price? You may be able to save $10, $20, $30 a week. Um, and that is absolutely fantastic because that can be money applied elsewhere. My last category is the lucky category. If you are lucky enough to be living at home, then my advice to you is to take full advantage of this opportunity. So if you are living with your parents or living somewhere for free, take absolute advantage of this. So my advice would be to start living as if you were paying either mortgage repayments or paying rent. So you can have a look and see what that is in your market. You can have a look how much it might be if you buy a home within the area you're trying to buy and living like you're already doing that and putting away that money into a savings account or into other investments where you can keep that and you can grow that for yourself. So you are definitely in a great position. Um, I would not be living um, as if you don't have any of those payments. And then when you move out, you'll realize where is all that great money that I could have saved and had. So if you are still yet to start renting or owning your own home, please start living as if you were paying those things. And then when you do move out of home, two things will be great. You'll have great savings or investments built up elsewhere 
or and then you will also be used to paying that and you'll be used to living that lifestyle so there's not much else I can give you in terms of advice for this other than make a you know full advantage of this and if you can invest elsewhere and use the money for great things to start building your wealth My second category today is insurance and bills. And this is probably my favorite category to save with because there is a lot of things that fall into insurance and bills and they're super easy to save like 50 plus dollars a month for some of these things um, if you just look into it and consider where you can save. So first up, um, if you didn't know, most of these bills and insurances are negotiable. Now, this is something lots of people don't know and lots of people don't feel like they can ask about or question the price for. So they are definitely all up for negotiation. Um, and I'll talk a little bit about that as well as we go into it. So when I'm talking about insurance and bills, I'm talking about things like your house electricity, your car insurance, your home and content insurance, your health insurance, um, your internet for your house. I'm sure there's other things that people have. I know people have pet insurance and things like that, all negotiable. So lots of people will often just think about what is the brand of insurance uh, that I know really well? What do I see on advertising? What do I trust, et cetera, et cetera. Um, this is all fine and I completely understand but with these things, often they are all doing the same thing. They're all offering the same level of insurance and um, they're all, you know, backed and insured themselves. So it's fine to go with things that aren't the one that you see every day on an advertising billboard. So they're often all doing the same thing. They're just less well known. And that means you can get them at a great price. So with this one, there's probably two things that I would advise doing and two things that I've done myself. So the first thing is if you are new to getting any of these bills, so for example, if you don't have internet at your house um, and you've just moved in somewhere and you're not already on a plan, the first thing I would do is have a real look around and do a lot of research to see where the best deal is. So you can use things like iSelect, compare the market, um, to just do a really quick search. Now, a lot of people think that these are super annoying and not helpful. I would disagree. I know you have to often give them your email address, your phone number, and they call you at the worst time, but these people are super helpful. And yes, they may be working on commission. Yes, they may be getting you know, a bit of a kickback if they get you on board with a certain uh, company. However, they are going to be essentially helping you look for the best price deal. And you can, of course, do your own research in the background to double check whatever they advise you. So I would absolutely recommend using them before you sign up to anything. So I'll give you a little example of something I did at the moment. Um, when I first moved into my property, I had a real look around for internet because it was just something I was never paying for before. And it annoyed me that I had to pay for it, but I was working from home and I really needed it. So I had a look around and I actually ended up landing with a company that was only $45 a month. Um, and if you look just at any of those big services, um, you cannot find $45 a month. And I even went into iSelect and compare the market recently and they couldn't find anything that was around the price now. So it was a fantastic deal and I'm going to hold on to that for as long as I can. So have a look around before you sign up to anything. Make sure you're getting the best deal that's on the market currently. 
so you can sign up to the best deal to continue on with. The second thing that I would recommend doing with this, um, and I've sort of talked about it a little bit already, but if you are signed up to electricity or any insurances, whatever it is, I would be looking to review these probably every six months. When I say review them, all I really mean is have a look again at iSelect, one of the compare the markets, something like that. Just have a look around, I guess the ones you know, and see if you can get a better deal. So for things like electricity, that is quite hard to actually compare. So you need quite a few numbers on your bills and they need to compare different rates. So again, that's one you can get one of those people from Compare the Market to give you a hand with that. But things like car insurance is a little bit easier. You can put in all your details by yourself and that often you know, just spits out prices at you and you can compare what insurance and things that you need. Um, and that's a little bit easier for you to do that. So I have really talked about this before, but I would definitely recommend if you're already locked into all these insurances, have a look and see if you can get anything cheaper. Don't be afraid to get up and move. Um, if you do find something cheaper and you think, oh, I just can't be bothered to change um, who I'm with, you know, I'll have to do all the admin and paperwork. You can just give them a call, the person that you're with already and say, hey, I found this cheaper. What can I knock you down to? And they might be happy to knock off 30, 40 bucks a month uh, just to keep you on board. And that could still be, you know, $5 more expensive than the one you found online. But if you can't be bothered to save, you may as well take that 30, $40 saving every month um, without doing anything other than one phone call. The last thing I want to just touch on with insurance and bills, and again, this is not me giving you advice, but this is just something that I try and do. Um, And I have heard a lot of other um, podcasts and people in finance talk about this is I try and have a think about what insurances and bills I actually need. Um, I believe that the way we are positioned in terms of advertising is that we are often, uh, I guess, not convinced, but... um, we are promoted to over-insure our life in case of catastrophe. So I'm not saying you shouldn't have car insurance, absolutely should, Um, but it's well worth having a think about the fact that if you're driving up a beaten old two-grand car that you just, you know, drive down the road to get groceries once a week, do you need the absolute fullest insurance on that? Or again, with internet, you know, do you need the fastest internet uh, possible or could you just go with a basic plan that lets you, you know, do your emails and surf the web a little bit. So um, I tend to think about that. Uh, what do I actually need? What could I not afford to pay for if disaster did strike? And then what could I afford to pay for? So something again that I choose to forego is uh, I don't insure my mobile phone. So my mobile phone is not worth very much. It's a couple of hundred dollars. Um, even if it was a bit more, I probably wouldn't insure it because if disaster did strike and I cracked it and it was completely stuffed and I had to buy a new one, I know I've got the savings to replace that. So it's not worth it for me to pay that ongoing insurance. So could be something worth considering for you. Um, have a look at your insurances. Is there anything you don't need? Is there things that you could just pay for if anything went wrong? Of course, this doesn't apply to bills because you need things and you've got to pay for them, but it's well worth having a think about in terms of your insurance and your bills. What do you really need in life and what do you not? 
Okay, so we are going to move on to our next topic, which is going to be how to save on our mobile phones. This is, again, another one that I get really excited about because I honestly think that this is somewhere you can save a huge amount of money. So I believe that the days of a $90 to $100 a month phone plans are gone. Uh, they don't exist anymore. They're like fees for your everyday bank account. It shouldn't be a thing. Um, and then there's a lot of options that you can now look into. I don't think it's um, as well advertised as you know you'd think it would be, but there's heaps of options now of how you can save money. And I think this is definitely one that a lot of people, they just think they need the the newest phone, they need the biggest plan. Um, and I think it's somewhere people are wasting a lot of money. So let's go through a couple of things that you can think about if you want to save money on your mobile phone, which again is normally an expense people paying every month. So if you could get a $20, $30, $40 saving here, you are saving yourself a lot of money every year. So the first thing that I like to do is I always own my mobile phone outright. So I make sure that my phone isn't continuously paying off a bill. So it's something I don't have to worry about. At the moment, I currently have an iPhone 8, which obviously isn't as up to date as Apple wants us to be. However, it still works pretty good. The camera's pretty good. The tech's pretty good. Never have any issues with it. Um, and I don't think I really need an iPhone 13 at this point. So again, I've saved money because I've got an iPhone 8. I've bought it a few years since it's been released. Um, and I think it works for me. Obviously, if you're someone that works in tech, you might need the newest iPhone. But if not, a good option is to buy an outright phone and hold on to it for a couple of years until, until it breaks and you need a new one. So I guess I kind of talked about two things there. I talked about one, owning a phone outright and also thinking about owning an older phone. So kind of lied because when I actually got this iPhone 8, it was because my iPhone 7 broke, which I owned outright. And then I bought this iPhone 8 that I've got now um, as a refurbished phone. So I'm going to talk about now the third thing that you can do to save money with a mobile phone, which is when you do need a new mobile phone is to have a look at for a refurbished phone. I think I've talked about this before on the podcast. Um, you can go to, I think Apple do them, Amazon do them, Rebello, I think maybe Oz Bargains. There's quite a few places that do refurbished phones. If you just Google it, you can have a look. Um, and basically a refurbished phone is an old phone that they've just made, I guess, better. So you can kind of pick if you want it to be like good or excellent or as new. Um, and I got mine. It literally came in the box. It was perfect with the charger. Um, I really couldn't have faulted it. I think I got as new just because I wanted one that was as good as possible, but it was like 300 bucks for a brand new iPhone. So I was super impressed. So if you are thinking right I need a new iPhone, consider that as an option. And then you're ticking the box of buying it outright and also buying it for a much cheaper price than if you just went and bought a fully brand new phone. Okay. Now we've sort of talked about the phone. I'm going to talk about the plan that you're on. So again, like I was saying before, I think the $900 month plan for mobile phone is just outrageous. I think definitely you want to be looking, even if you're paying for your phone, like $60 and below in terms of a plan. Um, if you do buy outright, you can be looking even cheaper. Even with the big um, telcos, you can be looking 
$40 and below. Um, something that I think is fantastic, and I know a lot of people have cottoned onto this, is looking at places like Audi Mobile, Woolworths Mobile, um, for different SIM plans that are super, super cheap. So that's really good as well if you've got your phone paid out right. Have a look around for the best plan. Think about how much data you actually need. So nowadays, messaging, calling, everything, all that's obviously free, unlimited and included, but it's all about the data. But have a think, how much data do I actually need on my mobile phone? I'm at home with internet, or most people are. Uh, You're at work with internet, most people are. So, you know, think about all the places you're spending most of your time. You've normally got, you know, Wi-Fi that you can connect to anyway. So you might not need as much as you actually think that you do. Just something to consider. Again, it's like your insurance and your bills. Like people are oversubscribing to their lives. Think about what you actually need and what you actually use. In addition to talking about Sims, something that I want to talk to, which was an absolute game changer for me, and I've definitely talked about this before on a podcast, um, was when somebody told me about long expiry Sims. So these are basically, again, a way to get out of not paying for your mobile phone every month and removing it as a bill from your life. So you can buy a long expiry SIM, so something that lasts for 365 days, you pay a one-off payment, um, and then that gives you, say, a certain amount of data for the whole year to use. So you pay it once and then you forget about it and it just rolls over your data. Not even rolls over. I think you just have like a lot of data to use for the year and if you're using a reasonable amount of data, it should last you. And I think if you need to top up, then it's actually pretty reasonable and cheap. So I'm happy to give my example of what I do for this. So again, my phone's outright and with my long expiry SIM is with Woolworths Mobile. And I believe, I know, sorry, it's actually on the Telstra network. So again, that's a good one to look out for. A lot of these smaller SIMs like Woolworths SIM, Audi Mobile, they're often backed by a larger telco using the same, um, I don't even know what it's called, bandwidth as them. Um, and you're getting exactly the same experience from them. So if you're worried about that again, look into it. It's normally backed by a bigger network. Um, and I pay $150 for my long expiry SIM for the year. Uh, I think that works out to be like $12.50 a month, which is really, really good. So I've got my $300 outright phone, my $150 long expiry SIM, uh, and that's lasting me for unlimited everything, using the internet, emails, TikTok, all that stuff. So I'm super fine. And then if I just need home Wi-Fi, I log on to home Wi-Fi and it's sweet. So this is something I would absolutely recommend you saving. I think, you know, I'm saving definitely a couple hundred dollars every year from doing these things. Okay. Thanks for listening to my little rant about my mobile phone. That one is really exciting to me. So now we're going to look at something that's a little bit more boring and I don't have too much energy for this. I used to have way more energy for it, but probably since I've been a bit more comfortable in the last couple of years, uh, my energy has been lost for it, but I still try and I would like to get better perhaps at it maybe in the next couple of years when I'm hoping to have a little bit more time on my hands, but being really busy with work and stuff over the last couple of years since I've bought my house, I've lost energy, but regardless, I still have the tips. And if you have the time and the energy, uh, this can save you a lot of money. Um, I actually recently heard somebody else on a podcast talking about the fact that groceries 
are a game changer. If you can get your groceries down to a reasonable price and like get away from Uber Eats and Deliveroo and all those things, this is a game changer in terms of budget and things like that. And people just often don't realize it because we assume that going to the grocery store three times a week is essential and we're buying essentials, but it's not often the case. So I'm going to go through some quick-ish tips for grocery shopping that absolutely will save you money and they're really self-explanatory so you can just have a look by yourself. I don't need to go into too much detail. The first one I would advise something I did when I was saving for my house, shopping at Aldi, shopping at Costco, going for those budget stores. Um, Absolutely. If you shop there, you will save money. No doubt about it. The second thing um, is an app called the Half Price app. I'm just going to check my phone, but I'm pretty sure. Yep, it's just called Half Price. Um, and it can actually, it will tell you basically any product from Woolies or Coles that are half price. So if you just check that once a week when you go to the grocery store um, and stock up on those big ticket items, dishwasher tablets, fake tan, coffee pods, things like that, Um I always try and grab those things that are a bit more expensive when they're half price and I buy a few and I just bulk buy two tips in one there. I think bulk buying when things are on sale is great. Third thing is putting together a shopping list. Oh, I've just thought of another one actually. So putting together a shopping list um, and then also or shopping online and either picking it up or getting delivered, great because you don't just then grab those things that you didn't need especially if you get online delivery or pickup, game changer. But again, you have to be super organized and I haven't been that organized with shopping recently, but if you are, fabulous. Fourth thing or fifth thing maybe now is to use flyby and rewards cards. And I know that this seems like your mum would do this. Um, I don't know, some people might be mums, but uh, this is really reminds me of something my mum would do, um, but I've now realised that it's awesome, and especially if you get the app, you can click on all the deals and get the double points, and every now and then you'll get like $10 off your shop if you use it every single time. Fantastic, but again, takes effort. You've got to remember your card, et cetera, et cetera. I think this, I've forgotten what number tip this is, um, but the next tip is to buy home brands over branded. This is something I honestly feel like people just find impossible to get past um I think I've been to the shop with my boyfriend for about a year now and I still have to remind him that we're getting the home branded things so it's not for everything I know that there's lots of things that people you want the brand you know it tastes different you know it tastes better you want it it's something that you really value that's fine but there is so many things that home branded is exactly the same product I have a friend that works in logistics and she has confirmed this for me. Uh, it's it's literally the same product in the Coles wrapping. So have a look, have a think. If there's anything, you know, you go next time and you think, oh, do you think the home brand's the same and it's just saving me a whole dollar, give it a go. Great tip. Um, and then the last thing is kind of linked to the mobile phone. Um, with the long SIM expiry that I have from Woolies Mobile, Every month it gives me 10% off my shop from Woolies. So I have Woolworths Mobile. I get my 10% off every shop. So every month I try and do a bit of a big shop at Woolies, get all my expensive items, hopefully on the half price app, and then I take 10% off them as well. And that saves me a little bit of money. 
Okay, the last thing we're going to talk about today is transport and petrol. So again, another ongoing repetitive cost people are spending money on normally weekly um, where you can save a lot of money. So the first thing I want to talk about is actually your car that you have. Now, most people have a car. If you don't need a car, um, that's amazing. So if you can walk, train, bike, get public transport instead, that is a win and keep it up because a car and petrol and insurance and all that stuff is so expensive and can put definitely a big dent in your expenses every month, every year. So awesome. But normally people do need a car um, and most people have one. So we're just going to talk about some things you can do for that. So as I was saying, consider the car you need as a first port of call. Now I actually have a car on finance. So I'm definitely not here to say that you should never have a car on finance or you should never have a new car or anything along those lines. But what I would think about is considering the car that you need and making sure you're living below your means when you get a new car. So if you need a new car, having a think about your situation. So do you have some savings that you could buy a secondhand car with? You know, do you need um, a car that's, you know, the best brand or, you know, your, your the car you want that's your dream car at 25? Um, really consider that and the dent it's going to put in your, in your savings if you're taking out money to buy it. Or if you are looking at finance, consider the ongoing payment. So, um, for transparency, I do have a brand new car. It is on finance um, because that was what I, I guess, needed at the time. Um, I didn't have the savings to pull out to actually spend money on putting, you know, 10, 15 grand down on a car for myself because my money was within my house and other investments. So, but I'm only paying $150 a fortnight for my car, which is in the finance world really quite reasonable. Um, and my interest rate was really quite reasonable. So I'm happy to discuss more about my car and, and all of those things maybe in another episode, but having you think about how much you're going to be repaying for your car, um, if you are going with finance or, um, any type of loan, or if you're going to just pay outright for a car is really something worth it. So there's been a lot of, I guess, discussion about how much a car should cost you how much you should be paying for it, but just have a think about what your income is and how much percentage of your income you're going to be paying out. So for me, I really didn't want to be paying any more than I'm paying. And I really looked around to get a good deal that would enable me to get a car for that price. If I was paying something more towards the end of, you know, three, $400 a fortnight for a car, could I have afforded it? Perhaps, but that would have been taking a huge chunk of my income every fortnight would have sacrificed some of my other goals with investing, would have pinched on my lifestyle in other ways and my savings. So it just wouldn't have been worth it for me. So please consider that before you buy a car um, and consider what you actually need for your lifestyle. So again, some people commuting from work, they do need a reliable car. Some people like camping on the weekend, perhaps they need a car for that. But if you're just using your car once or twice a week because you walk to work and you just need it for, you know, going to see friends or going to pick up groceries, then, you know, consider maybe you could just get by with a secondhand car that's, you know, five plus grand that's just a reliable old car um, and perhaps you don't need that brand new uh, Mercedes, which I guess a lot of us don't really need. 
In addition to this, um, have a think about things like what we were talking about before, insurance, how can you get um, a good deal for that? What type of insurance do you actually need for your car? And then another thing I would definitely think about is petrol tips and tricks. There's a lot of these floating around, but thinking about how you can use perhaps lock-in apps, thinking about how you can go to uh, petrol stations that aren't on main roads or near freeways, thinking about how you can go to petrol stations that are a little bit off the beaten track, um, not main uh, petrol station brands like 7-Eleven and Shell, et cetera. So having a think about those things as well will just help you trim down some costs um, and support you with your transport and your petrol. So hopefully a few things to think about with your car, but the biggest one I would definitely say is have a think about the car you need before you get it because often once you get it, and you realize the pull it's putting on your income, uh, it can be a little bit too late. And then it's often a bit of a hole that people dig themselves out of. So I'd really implore you to think about it before diving in. And if you have dived in, then just think about it before the next purchase. This is just a quick note to say that nothing on this podcast is financial advice and nothing said on this podcast should be used as the basis for a financial decision.